Yeah, so you got into AI imaging, right? And like using images, uh, training different models. So can you talk to me about your project, Outfit AI? So it's outfitai.co. So tell me a little bit about what that is, where it came from, uh, and, and what it does. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, Outfit AI, it's an ID, I think, I've had it for over a year, over a year now uh, since I was playing with stable diffusion and in-painting. So originally, originally, I was just playing with pictures of my kids. Um, and then with stable diffusion in-painting, you can, you can give the model like a picture and you can give it like a black and white mask and it keeps, it keeps some parts of the image. So it was quite fun to, you know, at different backgrounds, you know, put the kids somewhere make theme things and i was so amazed by that because it's this model for some reason if you if you in paint an image and you would cut out a person um and just change the background it's it's really good keeps the lighting sort of correct um even if you have a bad mask as uh, like it solves it solves like strange colors or things, it makes an object out of that. So I was, I was amazed by the possibilities and turned out you could quite easily change clothes as well, um, just by masking, you know, the clothes that people wear and, and asking the AI to, you know, change the red dress into a blue dress or do something. Um, but then of course the cool thing would be if you could do this with real clothes because then you could sort of uh check how these clothes would look on yourself uh on a web shop and see if if you want to buy this so um for that of course the model needs to really know the items that are that are available for sale so i've been doing a lot of experimentation with that um first with the dream boot retraining of stable diffusion so uh there you can give 10 or 20 images and it starts retraining the entire model it takes quite a while um but it learns a representation of the object and then a bit later they, the the loras came out sort of the faster way to do these trainings and yeah i i played a lot with it and in the end i did find ways that were quite that worked well so they were reproducible enough i could um give five to 10 images of a model wearing as a piece of clothing, could be a shirt, could be a dress, could can be anything. Um, and then it needs some training. And at that point, the model knows, well, this is, you know, this, this item. Um, and you can add it on another person. So there, there, there's many challenges, right? So. You want the the results to be the same person, so keep the face, you know, keep the body right. shape, keep the skin color. Um, no strange things should be happening at that point, and it should be maybe fast enough as well. So, ideally, I would like to have like a Shopify app where you can just push the button, and then like within a second, you see the next next outfit. Um, so at this point, I think I'm, um, very far with the consistency, uh, image quality looks good and I can train the model easily on 
like on 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 scraping a web shop that works well enough um the biggest challenge now is that like my image generations take 10 to 20 seconds so that's one thing i'm working on at the moment you can go on to outfitai.co you can see a demo i tried the demo it works pretty easily pretty seamlessly it's cool but that's one of the things about shopping right is like uh, when you're shopping in the store, you can go in and try on these clothes and see what they look like in you. When you're online shopping, it's like, okay, instead of going through that painful process of, I don't know if this, I'm going to like this. So I'm just going to order a bunch of stuff and then return yeah. a bunch of stuff that I don't like. Now you can actually use your own body and own picture of you and see what this particular clothing item might look on you, not on some model, but actually on, on your person. Is yeah. that the idea, something like that? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And and because of course, usually the models don't really look the way you look, unfortunately, maybe. Colors can, can be quite different uh, with your own skin tone, hair color. Um, it could be, yeah, like trying on clothes is, is really different than looking at the picture. Um, and that's even before, you know, deciding which size you should even have because there are definitely some i think there's there's a lot of smart machine learning on on that side that 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 um some shops employ you know they 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 sort of know your measurements after some orders you know like you can send back um the ones you send back or but even you know the step before that the colors the the general fit of things. Yeah, ideally I would like to have some sort of TikTok style thing where you could swipe and then, you know, don't like this, don't like this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And it's fully personalized. You don't need models at all. Jasper, uh, can you just walk me through uh, the long-term vision of this project? Because right now it looks like you have like a demo mode, you're, you're working on things. What's your long-term vision for this? Do you see this on like on online retailer stores? Do you see people taking clothing? You know, do you have your own store? What does it look like? Ideally, I would have um, Shopify integrations, um, like where um, people that own a store or brands can just uh, install this. It would automatically scan the inventory, um, find pictures, train the model, and then have this little like virtual fitting boot app they can add anywhere on their on their site and if people then decide to to use it um people can upload their own picture on this virtual fitting room and then see any piece of clothing they want on their own uh image um and at that point i would i would love it if they um decide to if, if they like it if they decide to add their email address and then they can get personalized, like maybe weekly pictures, newsletters uh, of their own, you know, the, the, the clothes that um, would look good on them, uh, maybe picked by, by, by the retailer or a, a stylist. And it would be like a very personalized form of marketing. For sure. That'd be awesome. So you would get like an email newsletter or something from, uh, I don't know, like a Gap or 
what are the hot clothing clothing companies now <laughs> like any any kind of clothing company now they'll send you an email newsletter and it might yeah. show you with a new outfit on yourself and yeah, it'll know exactly. kind of outfit you like based on what you bought in the past maybe something like that yeah yeah indeed yeah and then you wouldn't need the any models anymore you, you only look at yourself which may be a bit strange i can imagine um it being personalized to that level yeah well i mean that's one thing is uh, i mean this is more tail i think people going to shopping malls and out in the real world are, it's becoming less and less so it's not it doesn't sound like it's geared toward those type of people um and sort of going away in a way but one thing i do want to say is i think every guy out there hates trying on things yeah. you know going to shopping and trying things out on if they go out to a real store you know maybe their wife's with them or girlfriends with them and it's just a big pain in the butt so yeah just is, yeah. back alone this is this tool's awesome <laughs> it might even save some you know like people ordering way too much and then sending sending 90 percent of it back which is a waste of course um and then part of that clothing that sent back is destroyed you know so if you would reduce that even a little, um, that would be very, very useful as well. You know, when I grew up, people would go to the mall and shop and, and try stuff on the mall. And then, you know, if they didn't like it, they would, they wouldn't buy it. But now, like all, all these people just buy whatever they want on Amazon or any online store and they just take, they just return it. It's like a big yeah. waste of time, you know? Like my wife yeah. might buy 10 outfits and only have one, only buy one of them and ship the rest of the nine back. So. That's awesome. Yeah, that can help. And then it's like backing up all the shipping for these companies. You know, they're shipping ten packages when really they only needed to ship two. Yeah. So that there's another like supply chain issue uh, there on that other end as well. So, uh, and the cost to do that, the labor to do that, could be a lot more efficient. If I mean, I mean, it could be at the point where where it's if if it looks exactly like it looks on your person, like your own person. Um, yeah, you, 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 maybe like it wouldn't feel, um, maybe the touch could be different, but if it looks at least how it would look in real life, I think you could reduce uh, a lot of this. Now, are you looking to implement anything about sizing? As I know a lot of times when you shop online, it's like, I'm not sure what, what size to get. Sometimes they run small, sometimes they run big. I mean, they have the measurements there. So I was wondering if you're implementing something like with people can measure their waists or measure their their height or something and, and incorporate that somehow. Do you see that in the future? I'm not interested in that at the moment, but I think it could it, it would work together very well. Um, so the visual part that I'm now focusing on, like, you know, do I actually like this? And of course, the, the, the images that I generate they, they should be close enough to the real thing. Um, so if shirts like run wide, it, it should be like a little bit baggy or some things are tight that should look tight on the image. Um, but then the next choice, like what actual size do you, do you choose? I think that's a whole different, um, whole different field actually. So I would rather work like partner with with other uh companies that that have the knowledge 
So you mentioned when you were first starting out this project, you kind of came up with the idea because you were trying different image tools with your kids and like putting them in different locations and backgrounds and playing around with that, which is pretty cool. Uh, what kind of tools were you using then and how have you seen those kind of tools evolve over maybe the past year, even past couple months or even weeks at this point? Well, I think since the last 10 years, I've been working um, with like programming images with, with Python usually. So I've been doing that like forever. And um, even one and a half years ago, I was uh, just you know, like making simple Python scripts that did some inpainting. So making masks, running these models, um, but I don't really have easy access to good GPUs. So I've been using Replicate a lot, um, the model hosting website. And to do the actual like AI model running and um, hosting my own models there as well. Um, and yeah, things have changed a lot. So. I think this fall stable diffusion XL became available, um, with very good training of Laura's I've been using that and it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of trial and error, right? So I, I love going on replicate and, um, there you can explore all these new models and just like trying them all online. Like, is it, is it sort of like a uh, hugging face, uh, replicate is it replicate.ai. What's, what's the actual URL, do you know, offhand? Yeah. Replicate.com. It's, um, it's, it is like hugging face spaces. Um, but the, so the ID I think is they host open source models that, um, you know, you can find in, in papers and, and where if you want to implement these things yourself, you're busy like for a day, you know, to get all the installs and everything. Um, so they make all of these open source models available uh, with an easy uh, API to, and then you, you can run these on their GPUs for, and you pay per second. So especially to, you know, to have small scale projects or, you know, fast prototypes, it's really easy and you can add your own models there as well. And a lot of people do, and, um, it's a great resource to just explore things. Um, and even they, they have like these, like, like on hugging face, they have these spaces where you can just try and, uh, you know, upload your own images and your own prompts and everything, and then see the results. Oh, that's awesome. I've never heard of that sure. before. That's sweet. So are you using replicate for, for your platform or, or what are you using behind the scenes to make this magic happen on your site? Yeah. So, um, I'm using replicate for hosting the AI models. I have a like Python Django backend. But you said, what, what is that, uh, Jasper, what you said, byte? No, Python Django, like a, okay. like a backend. So most of the sort of the, the AI stuff is on this replicate hosted on replicate and it's. Yeah, it's stable diffusion and, and a few other AI models to do, um, image segmentation, like, you know, like finding the face, finding the background, um, handling all these images. And then a big part of it is training the model on outfits. Um, so it needs 
like 10 good pictures of an object. It could be a person wearing it. It could be just the object with a white background. As long as you have a few angles covered, um, you have a bit of variety. And um, so for that, I use uh, LoRa training on the stable diffusion model, but that's also on replicate. So you just like, how does the process work if someone wants to, you know, they've got a small store and they want to upload all their clothing to your site so that you guys can fit, um, use it to fit somebody, um, you know, the, the end customer that comes to your site to get fitted. How does that work? Do they just upload? Is there a process on your website right now where I upload all the, the, the retailer, for example, uploads all of their inventory um, and then you call out the API to replicate? replicate and then it does its magic at that point yeah 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 so i have my own sort of web app where you can uh, upload your pictures like you said mm -hmm. and um yeah click the button start training and then it's you know it's it starts training in the in the back and like 10 15 minutes later you can um you can try this with your own pictures or um with like like any of a few example pictures as well. Do you have to like lay out every shirt or dress or pair of pants or whatever it is like perfectly or does like how does it is it better to have it laid out in you know perfect detail or does someone just have to take a quick picture of it on somebody else wearing the shirt? Um, how good do the pictures have to be um, that are uploaded for it to work well? Uh, so I've been trying a few dozen uh, objects that I scraped from, from web shops. Mm -hmm. And um, so these are usually very high quality pictures, of course, uh, studio pictures. Um, but there's usually five to 10, uh, one or two models, a few without any, without models, so flat. Um, and I've seen it usually works for all of them. Um, I've, I, so sometimes there's a little bit of confusion if it has pictures of the back as well. So imagine that the front of the shirt might have text or okay. something the back doesn't. So the model in the end could, you know, turn it around and, and actually show the back of the shirt at the, at the front. Um, so there might be, it might be useful to have a little bit of manual checks on, 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 on those kinds of things. I think as long as it's high quality and there's a bit of variation um in terms of angles it's fine because i do also automatically crop the object itself um okay so next to the images you have to input what it is so like a, like a shirt or a dress or whatever and um then i use like a a blip vision model that sort of finds this thing in the image and it will train only on the actual image itself. It is very realistic. If you go to outfitai.co and you look on their the main site, if you just scroll down just a little bit, I'm looking at like the image comparisons and I'm looking at it's like, it's the same picture of the person and you can just drag, drag the screen across and you can see just different outfits on the person. And it's just crazy realistic. It looks like they're actually wearing it. It really does. In uh, the background's very cool. Uh, I mean, it's very nice, very well done. I uh, am just in awe of like how this image generation and how these manipulations are, are coming uh, coming across. I mean, I just remember even five years ago, 
I mean, when you would try to take an image and try to put a different background on it, it looked like the person was literally just cut out. They'd have like a little glow around them or a little like edgy. And sometimes it would get the background. And, you know, this is just so seamless and it's it's crazy realistic. Uh, It's very cool. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask along those lines is like, obviously, we see like deep fake images all the time coming Mm -hmm. out. Uh, celebrities, whatever it might be, uh, people are worried about its ability to deceive people. Uh, obviously, you're in the image generation space. So what are your thoughts on all about all of this and how to best deal with it? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, it's, it's not something you can actually stop, right? All this um, misuse of, of faces, of voices and, and I think it's it's also a thing I'm a little bit worried about with this project, like what would people think of uploading their own face to such a to such a service, right? Um, but then again, I, I so so I for myself, I thought it was really important that this worked with just one picture. Um, so I don't know if you've been looking at these like these headshot apps or. Um, these AI avatar apps where you need to upload 10 or 20 pictures of your face and then you can make anything, which is really cool, of course, but it's it's inconvenient. And it's also, I think that's a bit scary that you have a model that can make like these deep fake type things. And um, I think there's there could be some hesit- hesitancy for people to use that. Um, this is just the picture you upload yourself at least the face you get exactly your face back yeah i think it's the least scary thing there is for 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 people but but i'm, I'm not sure about that yeah do you think deep fake like outside of outfit uh ai do you feel like deep fakes and these image uh people being manipulated in, in images for nefarious reasons is going to be a problem like for politicians or celebrities they might be put in you know, pictures that don't put them in a good, in a good way. And, uh, you know, it looks bad on their image for a politician or for a celebrity or something like that. Do you think that's going to be a big problem down the road? Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder how, how, how influential that that will be because like with Photoshop, we've, we've already had the capability yeah. to make very good looking fakes for maybe 20 years. Right. Of course it's, it's easier now for sure. I think these so, so these voice scam scams for for instance where um, they can clone your voice with with like a minute or something and they call people like parents with the cloned voice you know mm-hmm. it's bad but it's yeah there's nothing we can do about this right, right. It's, uh, <laughs> we're kind of screwed having our voices on uh, this podcast so you know, like... yeah this is already way too long yeah. Right, right. In my personal opinion, I see these as more of like comforting the public and being like, oh, you know, this is our way of dealing with it and saying that they did something about it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, these big companies must know that like the train is is, is rolling and there's yeah. not much you can do to stop it at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any anyone that can do anything about this. It's just gonna it's just gonna like sort of play out and it depends how how you ride the train, right? Like you can, you can watch it roll by, or you can jump on board. So I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. And here, here, like here in Europe, they try a lot with regulation, but of course it's never, 
gonna work yeah it's europe's at least doing something here that all all of our all of our politicians are like we're gonna come down tough on ai and we're gonna regulate it and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and then nothing they don't do anything so it's just like all <laughs> you just talk about it and nothing happens yeah we'll but see. things go too fast right for for the, for this whole process as well yeah yeah it's a fine it's a fine it's like a, a fine dance it's, it's a dance you know like it's tough because if you do anything the question is like Okay, well, well, whatever you do, it, it's got to be right. Because if you don't do it right, then you're going to get criticized because you really screwed it up big time. Um, but then if you don't do anything, it's like, well, now you didn't do anything. So I, they're really stuck in this middle ground of like, okay, well, we're looking into it. You know, we're making another announcement. We're having another meeting. And uh, like we we put these in our newsletter occasionally, but like, we could put them every day if we really wanted to. Like an, another yeah, act meetings, is yeah. signed. Like another a meeting has been done to discuss AI uh, threats and stuff like that. Um, but it seems like this stuff's going on all the time. But at the end of the day, it's like only time will tell what's going to happen. It's very difficult because it's it's a global thing, right? Yeah, you can't really regulate um, things. Well, like I think in China they do they do a lot of. They have a very uh, good grip on things because they're very tough on everything. Right, right. It's tough because uh, countries are also feeling like they might fall behind if they regulate too much because other company or other countries are full steam ahead. I feel like, well, if we if we pull back, you know, we might be way behind the curb in in two years on the innovations that the other countries have, maybe in military warfare or technology or just, you know, really their economy, whatever it might be. So I think that's another factor as well. Oh, one thing too is like, you know, say if 70, 75% of the world of the world's countries come down hard on AI and regulate it uh, heavily. Well, all it takes is for a couple of countries to say, we have no regulation in AI and AI runs wild because everybody, you know, all the big companies work out of those countries without any regulations and what are they going to do i mean i could see it starting a potential war one day between countries you know depending on what the regulation is uh on ai but we'll see it's going to be interesting yeah it's it's going to be very interesting but even then it's i mean it's easy to hide some gpu farm somewhere right yeah. like in a cave yeah all it takes is a you know all it takes is one company to work around the regulations and you know who knows what will happen, good or bad. One, I think one of the biggest plays, and you mentioned it a little bit very early on, is the marketing aspect of it, right? Like on your site right now, Hunter alluded to that you guys have, or he said, he went on and saw that you're, you have awesome demos, which you guys do. Um, and one of the coolest things about it is like, say if you're a small or medium-sized retailer and you live in the middle of the country in the United States or in Europe or wherever, and you want you don't in your model you want your model to try have the clothes on your website in new york city or you want the model to be in the tro on a tropical island well you can do that on on outfit ai right like you can yeah. you can take a picture of your model and put the clothes on it and put them anywhere you can imagine in the world yeah yeah and that's that's very easy to do of course it's uh so right now I, I, I always use, uh, like the fashion cities as backgrounds, like Paris, Milan, New York. Um, but of course everything works, um, beaches, um, 
runways what yeah whatever you would like so so it's i think that would be a very cool thing for stores to um to sort of adapt these things to their to their own um brand feeling right mm -hmm. um so it would be like a personalized way to market this but yeah you might you might like next to the piece of clothing and how it looks you might also want to sell a feeling so you can put the customer with this piece of clothing like say you're you're, you're you might be selling outdoor wear um put the customer in the mountains or in the forest or and it looks yeah. like a like a like a proper you know fashion photo shoot right and i i, I can imagine that you know there's probably stores on shopify like th that would your your product will be a, a great fit for um and there'll be it sounds like there'll be a plugin or something on shopify that you'll yeah. okay that you that the store can download and then use your tool um but i can imagine there's a lot of stores on shopify small medium and large that just have generic pictures of their models right now and if they put their models on a different light like on a beach or in a mountain if they have mountain you know if it's a mountain climbing gear store or something like that it will it could increase their sales by like 10 or 20 or 30 percent or something like that probably can happen like for them right now um if they put their if they have their pictures in a better light than what they are right now that's it's like technically definitely possible and it's like of course a fraction of the cost of actually going there and, and yeah. finding a model and a photographer and the whole uh <laughs> the whole crew so how do you see this changing the model industry because like you're looking at it and you talked about like i mean everybody wants to talk about jobs but less less concerned about that more concerned about uh when people see models they're like oh well this model's unrealistic in the, in their body type and then so, some companies go the whole other way and people are like well now, now now you overboarded it and now it's like this is unrealistic for the average person so it's like okay let's do away with all the models we'll just put you in that place and there you go uh personalized uh how do you think that that sort of thing uh, changes uh, the modeling industry in general and, and how people view models maybe, uh, what happens to models and things like that? I don't know, it's, it's, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, I think some image generation models, so Mid Journey for instance, this is, looks so realistic and you can make these models look so good that I feel like it's, we're not far from the point where it's really um, not possible to distinguish between real and fake anymore. And at that point, why bother with models? Why bother with real photo shoots? Then you're also not limited to any, any like physical constraints anymore, right? Gravity, uh, you can be anywhere, do anything you want. Um, maybe maybe like famous people that could be like a, like a selling point right but mo like unknown models that just look good i don't feel like any would have any advantage of, of over fake fake uh, images the interesting thing is that for years people have been upset because they've been editing the images of the models so they companies have been doing this forever uh ever since photoshop came out yeah. is they're taking these human pictures and editing them a ton anyways 
what's the difference if you just start with the generated image rather than you know an actual person? What's the difference at the end product anyways, I, I guess on these company sides, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You have a background in the medical fields. Can you just talk to us a little bit more about uh, medical imaging? Because that seems to be something that's really important uh, that's coming to fruition. I mean, you're talking about like analyzing like screens for breast cancer and uh, all this different research that's coming out. I've uh, seen like people diagnosing autism based on like eye scans and different stuff like that. Uh, given your background in that sort of field combined with the imaging, uh, where do you think the potential of this has to go? Is it as great as people say it is right now? Um, is it better than people think it is? Where's the imaging at right now? And where do you see it going in the future in the medical field? Yeah, great question. So um, I must say I've been out of research for couple of years now but yeah we've, we've we've seen like great great improvements in the last years um we've been one limiting factor has has been a uh, lack of data so it's very difficult to find good medical imaging data sets because of privacy um laws and and you can just use images as as you want right so collecting data is very is a very long process um that academic institutions they they might take years and years and then they come up with like a few hundred or a few thousand um patient data points or images which might vary a lot of like in in quality in how they've been made um, so compared to other fields, the data just isn't as great as it is. Um, but I think that just means that there's like a lot of room for improvement still in that field. So it, it lags behind uh, a, f a couple of years, but that's good. Um, but then of course, you know, there are like, there are like uh, constraints in physics, right? In, in measurements you do. So whether it's an ultrasound or an MRI or a CT, you only have so much data to work with. And in, it's, it's different from like regular gen AI where you can just imagine things up or, or try to, to fill in the blanks because you need to be working with actual measure data and and things need to be very reliable as well um right that's way more difficult and way slower than um other fields of course right we i mean this is one of the things that i've seen as a trend in the medical applications of ai is that a lot of it is trained on like these closed cases or really old cases yeah uh not on predicting actual real-time cases. We had this with we had this issue also in some other industries that we've looked into. Uh, Ryan, if you remember when we talked to to the uh, Cleveland uh, the the lady from Cleveland who did the uh, she looked at different uh, cases like some some cr criminal cases and and rape cases and it was able to do really well with the data that it had, but it was all trained on old data, closed cases from, from long ago, because that's all you could get access to. Um, I wonder if there's going to be a way to 
utilize AI for real-time cases in, in the coming years. Uh, maybe I'm thinking when people get med medical imaging done, there's like a waiver that they sign. It's like, oh, this could be used for AI training data or something like that. Uh, I, I could see that sort of thing happening and it could get really interesting. But yeah, there are various industries, like you say, that I think struggle because they don't have that real-time data. It's all these closed cases, these past cases that's like, okay, great. It already, it predicted with 80% accuracy things that were done 10 years ago. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. what are we going to do now if we don't have access to data? <laughs> yeah. But then one thing that's, that, that's very promising, I think, is um, synthetic data. So the better like generative AI becomes, uh, the more useful the synthetic data you can make to train like other types of models on that as well. So when Jasper, when you say synthetic data, for the people that don't know what that actually means, it means that the AI creates its own data to train itself off of. Yeah, 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 and exactly. Which of course has many pitfalls and 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 uh, things you might get worried about. Like you know, is this synthetic data? How how representable is it going to be of the real world? And so that's a whole like field and discussion in itself. But it's it's one of the one of the possibilities I think to solve to solve this. Yeah, it's just it's hard to even comprehend that, right? Like you don't. It's like once AI becomes so good, it doesn't need any kind of real world data anymore. It just trains itself like that that's kind of hard yeah. to wrap wrap your head around but it sounds like it's possible it's just there's going to be some some glitches along the way hopefully they're not glitches that make things terrible for humans but we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see maybe yeah. shortly <laughs> that is interesting so what do you think about these doomsday scenarios jasper are you, are you a, a doomsday ai guy or or are you more hopeful about ai in the future no i'm i'm, I'm hopeful but I do understand where they're coming from because it's it's amazing to see how how good uh for example GPT-4 is in reasoning in you know like in in writing codes which just works now like long scripts work like you don't have to do anything anymore so it's I think it's easy to see how things could go wrong um but then, the, so the one the one issue I have with all these doomsday doomsday scenarios is they always they always sketch this scene where you know everything's going fine in the world, and then this AI decides to do whatever it's got to do, and like as a as a consequence, the entire world dies because I don't know it didn't take that into account but then i feel like there there could be issues and dangerous things but why we'll see it when we get there and i don't think the first issues are going to be that big right like the first dangerous there might be dangerous things but it it could be that ai does something that kills 10 or 20 people well if we're there we can we can think about it but i I don't think we're going to be at the stage that it's safe, nothing happens, and then a million people die at first. There's got to be steps in between. Well, it's the same thing with any tech, new technology, like driving cars is dangerous, but we still do it, right? And we get better at it. Like, you know, car safety has gotten exponentially better over the years. So it's probably going to be the same type of thing with AI, hopefully. 
Um, one of the interesting things, like Elon Musk, he's he's making these AI robots, you know, the Optimus 2, I think they're called. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting things that he did with the robots is he made them so they're lightweight. They're only like, I think, maybe 50 pounds around there. And he said the reason why they made them lightweight is because if they do go rogue, then a human can overtake them if they need to. You know, they can overpower them. So, right. <laughs> so, but they could work together, right? With like 10 of them. And then, yeah, the great point. He didn't, maybe he didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you should only have one uh, robot in your house cleaning for you then. Don't, don't give more. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, Ryan makes a great point as far as like, I think that there's going to be things that come up along the way that we don't see right now. I mean, when they're in, people were inventing cars it's like they didn't know anything about uh you know the stoplight technology or automatic braking and stuff like that yeah. it's like those are things that weren't even thought of when, when when cars you know came out and now that cars have been implemented we've seen some incidents we've learned from them kind of like you said jasper there might be some things that come along we learn from those and then we're like okay well maybe we need to implement this or maybe we need to put this parameter in and we kind of explore along the way. Same thing with planes. Like when they came out, it's like the first planes being being flew or like, okay, I'm not getting on a plane. But now it's like the safest way to travel, right? You got like autopilot, you got all these like safety features. So I think AI could be something like that. That there's a lot more that's going to surface uh, as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. We'll see it when we get there. Um, it's going to be fun, a fun ride. I mean, even right now, it's like every day you you jump on and see what new news is out there for AI in particular. Um, and it's like, it's it's enter, it's entertain. our world is entertainment in and of itself. Like, you don't need to go out and watch TV. Just see what's happening in our real world in terms of how uh, AI is sort of becoming a, a new and better thing every day that's entertainment in, uh, right right there you know just jumping on the news every day and seeing what uh, new stories are out there so yeah 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 it is, it's it's a, it's overwhelming as well of course and i feel like oh, yeah. there's this uh fear of missing out and so many people do so many cool things like you want to be like keep on top of it and try it out um like do i i, I want to do my own stuff and you know it's a, but it's it's really very it's amazing this like these last like one and a half two years it's like every i think every month there's been a sort of like thing there you're like how is this possible i remember just uh, about a year ago ryan calls me on the phone and tells me about how there's this thing online i i didn't understand what he was saying huh. he's like there's this thing online you can plug in and say you know because he was talking about his, his one of his you know his daughter and he's like um, yeah, I can type in and say, here, write a bedtime story. And it literally writes a bedtime story. And then it's like, and you press regenerate and then it just regenerates something completely different in like a second. I'm like, no, nah, this can't be real. I'm thinking like Ryan's like got some sketchy thing going on. I'm like, what, what, what is this? Yeah. And then it turns out like, there's just, that was just the start. I mean, right. Like some people are just amazed with the chatbots in general, and that's just the start of what AI can do. So it's really incredible just to have seen what's going on in the past, like you said, just the past year and a half. Yeah. And I wonder how many people are, are still skeptical or don't even realize all of this, um, like what's possible. I think many people that are not like always online and, and, and just do I guess like normal people stuff 
they don't realize this at all or they might, might be skeptical and, and don't really see the possibilities yet yeah there's i, I think there's a huge crowd of, the, of those type of people out there i do like short youtube informational news uh videos and some of some of the comments they get you can just tell the people they don't know about the technology yet and most of them are just haters you know they're just yeah yeah, yeah. hatred uh because they're afraid of it deep down inside that's the problem yeah, do you think that's that's just because they're afraid or i think so ryan what do you think i mean i remember the first time i used chat gpt i was like okay well I, it is scary right i mean you get on there and you start putting stuff in and you're like oh wait maybe this can do better than me at a lot of things <laughs> you're like okay well now i'm trying to test it and trying to find ways in, in uh, I've been in a couple of trainings for like how to use AI in education and things like that. And one of the things that they love to do, the, the educators love to do is just say how limited AI is at this or that, or they yeah. love dogpiling about, oh, well, they can't do this well, or it can't do this well. Um, there is a lot of hostility and negativity towards it for those who, who are new to it, for sure. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh... I think there's a turning point. I think most people, when when they're confronted with a new technology, unless you're a technologist, you know, or, or a programmer or something like that, your first your first initial reaction is to hate it. And then once someone shows you a tool that can make your life way way easier, you're like, holy crap, this is the coolest thing ever. And you know, the email. I know this this example gets brought up over and over again, but like the internet and email, like everybody uses email now, um, whether you hated it at the beginning or not you know, even your 80 year old grandparents probably use it in some form or the other. So um, it's just a matter of finding something that improves someone else, improves your life or someone else else's life. And that's sort of just like the the aha moment that uh, gets most people, you know, to, to jump on board. I'll say, I wanna say one thing to that, Ryan, that is so true because I was talking to this one uh, professor and he goes, I don't want any of my students getting anywhere close to AI. It's going to stifle their learning, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, what if AI could help you grade, you know, all of their, their assignments? He goes, well, 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 I guess that would be good. If, you know, and I'm thinking, well, well, what's the difference? You know, you can use it, but they can't. Now, hold on a second. Um, but it, you're right. You're totally right. Until they can use it. Yeah, like mind-numbing tasks like grading papers. I mean, that's got to take hours and hours and hours. And if you could just have AI do it for you, it's like, holy crap, that guy's got to be like, this is amazing, you know? Like, he's like, yeah, I could, I could just like visualize his mind, <laughs> just like come out of his head and flip, yeah. and then go back. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to promote other than um, your the the outfit company that that we have you on here for in the first place? No, 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 no. It's uh, outfitai.co and um, I'm very busy building that. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, and uh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for the invite. It's been great uh, talking to you too. Absolutely. So that's outfitai.co. And then be sure to check out Ryan and I's weekday AI newsletter. You can get the hottest updates, the coolest tools, including tools like this, outfitai.co. Um, and then we also got a mystery link too. every single day. We send a mystery link. It'll take you to something very interesting in the world of AI. Um, and then on Sundays, we get our deep dive articles into cool developers and developments like this one. And then be sure to subscribe to 
this YouTube channel behind the bots so you can see all our interesting and intriguing AI interviews.